Ladies and gentlemen, people of all gender expressions, thank you for checking out the North Bank Media Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Strevens. Joining me on the show this morning were Christine Archibald and McKenna Walker. Now, Christine is Executive Director of the River Valley Alliance and McKenna is the Communications. I was really glad to be able to sit down with both of them and have a pretty broad, wide-ranging discussion about what the River Valley Alliance does. So, to be clear, it's a nonprofit organization. Uh, number one, they lobby all three levels of government for funding uh, for projects that make the River Valley more connected and more usable. Um, and, and we're talking about the River Valley here. We're talking about the North Saskatchewan River Valley between Fort Saskatchewan to the east and Devon in the west. So that's a pretty long corridor of about 100 kilometers, of course, including Edmonton right in the middle. Um, second, they they do a lot of informative and educational pieces about trail use, uh, you know, sustainable use, uh, trail etiquette, where to hike, how to hike, uh, different, I mean, and it's not just hiking, of course, there's use the water for kayaking, rafting, um, cycling, you name it. Um, I would say if you're, if you're looking to get more informed about the river Valley uh, in Edmonton and surrounding areas to check out the river Valley Alliance website and social media. You know, obviously the North Saskatchewan River Valley has a, a very big impact on me personally and on the podcast. I mean, the podcast takes its name uh, from the North Bank of the North Saskatchewan River where I grew up. So to have people like this who advocate for the river, you know, far more than I even do, uh, it was humbling and it was important. And this is an episode I'm very proud of. I'm very gracious to Christine and to McKenna for, for their time and for speaking as best they could on, on everything that the River Valley Alliance does. Uh, we did this outside in Laurier Park. Uh, luckily, we had a roof over our heads, the gazebo, but uh, there were some weather breaks, but uh, it all adds to the atmosphere and it had to be done that way. So please enjoy this conversation with Christine Archibald and McKenna Walker. Well, this is great, Christine Archibald and a special guest, McKenna Walker. So thank you both for joining me. Thank, thank you. you. Happy to be here. Thank <laughs> right you on. for the invitation. Hey, it's my pleasure. Uh, like I've been saying, this podcast takes its name from the River Valley. It, it's my life. I grew up in the River Valley. So then to have people who are as connected as you guys are on the show is actually humbling. It's a big moment for me and for the show. So, Well, thank you. We're absolutely our pleasure to be here. So I think the backstory kind of was, I saw what you were doing, the video campaign, the social media video campaign, and I asked McKenna if I could produce a video. She said, well, I don't think so, but, but the podcast sounds interesting. I want the podcast. So maybe, maybe talk to me about, first of all, what, what is that video campaign and what are you hoping to achieve with that? Well, I think I'll actually let McKenna take this one since it's her video campaign. But of course, it's all about advocacy mm -hmm. and um, awareness. Okay. So uh, awareness of the trails. I mean, since COVID-19, awareness of the trails has skyrocketed, like right. tripled in a lot of areas. Wow. It's seeing unprecedented use, um, you know, kind of right when it's needed. It's, it's been there for us. We call it, mm. we call our River Valley our hero, our okay. COVID hero, because it's been there for us no matter what through the ups and downs that we've all um, faced in this past 18 months. 
So McKenna came up with the idea of a video series um, to sort of highlight different areas, mm -hmm. um, get um, some ideas about etiquette and usage out there. Okay. And also advocacy is a big part of what we do right now as well, because we are coming to the end of our phase one grant. Right. So we're, we'll soon be advocating, um, you know, our government authorities for our phase two grant. So, sure. you know, we need to have some t statistics about usage and right. some of the more concrete building blocks in mm -hmm. order to put that together. So, but I'll let McKenna talk about the video series a little bit maybe. Sure. Um, so the video series is yeah highlighting the River Valley as the hero of, of COVID of the last year and a half and will hopefully continue into the future. And um, there's a lot of ways that I don't think, n not necessarily everybody thinks about. Mm -hmm. So I mean, going for a walk in the River Valley is a lot of people you know do that or going for a right. run but there's so many other ways to util utilize the river valley whether it's sure um uh, something like active commuting is becoming a really big big thing active transport so kind okay. of getting people thinking about oh i can use the river valley to you know commute to work when it reopens or you know go right. go visit friends or whatever um and then also things like yeah forest bathing or bird watching or foraging like there's so many ways to connect sure. with the valley and then also teaching mm. the respect with the you know increase of three to four hundred percent in most trails they're also in some ways getting a little bit trashed so how as we how as citizens can we you know do better for our river valley and how do okay. we take care of it beautiful that's interesting first what is forest bathing like swimming in the river no <laughs> do people do that too oh i love that yeah <laughs> but uh, what is it but like no. sunbathing? Well, forest bathing is, I mean, that people connecting to the earth. So take, like taking your shoes off and finding a trail or a hunk of grass or something mm. and just really connecting to, um, okay. you know, the, the, the frequency of the earth. Uh, okay. So like grounding? Kind yeah. Of? Okay. AKA grounding. A okay. Same thing. I'm into that. Do people do that? Is that popular? One, our last two weeks, one of the last two weeks video was all about grounding right. and the, the forest, okay. forest bathing. And I think, um, I think people are becoming more aware of just going and taking, you know, solace and tranquility in the, in the river valley. Sure. So it's, again, most people think of the river valley trails of going for a hike or a run, but there's lots of options. No, there's many, many. And what I like about your video campaign is you're sort of center, uh, I guess, centering the issue, centering the activity around a person. It's a, it's a personal story. Is that fair to say? Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. for sure. That's cool. Are you? Uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I was just gonna, you know, comment on on your comment about sure. personalizing um, the experience because I think the River Valley is something different for each person, even if it is running and walking in the same activities. Mm -hmm. Each person connects in a different way, and you know, it, it's all about not just physical health but mental health, as COVID has shown us. Totally. And you know, those connections are hugely important. And the River Valley isn't for Absolutely. a specific gender or specific age or a specific ability. It's for all ages, all, all orientations, all like and physical and physical abilities. You know, we have elite athletes training mm -hmm. in our River Valley, and then we have people that um, that are not elite ath no. athletes and just you know needing a place to find some beauty. So right on. Yeah, I saw. I was here in Laurier Park Saturday and Sunday, and. For one, it was jam-packed with people. Like, I heard. You know, it was like <laughs> lines to get in, lines to get out, uh, you know. But, you know, there was a, quite an elderly lady walking across the path. I just thought she deserves this as much as anybody, you know. Like, I'm not going to wait I wait for it across the road, but that's... There's no distinction here between age, you know, ethnicity, ability, nothing. It's, no. it's, it's for everyone. That's yeah. great. And 
So you're, you gave me a number. I'm going to let you say it. River Valley uses, usage is up, do we know, percent-wise? In some areas, 300%. 300%. Yes. That's insane. Well, I mean, I saw that here this weekend. It was just, it was like, and two, so this is good that you guys exist because there was a lot of people who I think maybe weren't as familiar with the etiquette. You know, they were parking in the middle of the road to let people out. They were kind of just parking wherever. Um, is that is that part of the video campaign or the advocacy generally as to like the etiquette side of things? It's become bigger and bigger um, since COVID. We had launched some etiquette um, blogs, I guess, on our blog post, um, you know, just regarding etiquette because we do get some inquiries and some questions like, you know, if there's a cyclist and a walker who has right of way hmm. um, because they all, most of them are multi-use paths. Right. Um, so McKenna has done some research and of course she's an avid user of the trail system herself in mm -hmm. many different ways. So she's familiar with a lot of that etiquette and it's not necessarily... Um, a lot of it is bylaws and regulations, but some of it's just common sort of manners sure. or, you know, just, just respecting each other that we're going to be out here using it and we need to respect each other and, and be kind to each other. And McKenna can probably speak more about the actual etiquette and mm -hmm. things like that. Sure. Well, I'm fascinated by it. I mean, are you seeing, is there an etiquette problem or are people generally? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. There, there's definitely etiquette problems in a lot of, a lot of areas, especially when you get, the uh, well, the multi—they're all multi-use. Most places are multi-use spaces, mm -hmm. and you get between um, mountain bikers and hikers, and when you throw in dogs and all those various various things. And mm -hmm. some th some things are common sense, and some things aren't necessarily common common sense. Um, and I think the biggest thing is when in doubt, just default to kindness, be because it's sure. you know. It, People, people don't know there's new users to the valley, and I mean even old, older users that have been using it forever. That you know, kind of we get complacent. Mm -hmm. um, Definitely. In, in our in our ways and how we respond. So yeah, just defaulting to kindness and just really staying staying aware. And the valley is for everybody. So. Mm -hmm. I love that message and some awareness too, I guess, and some compassion. Like I I love to come flying down from Laurier Heights right down here and into the dog park. I've started to learn just slow down because you know those dogs are everywhere those people are everywhere and you have to be aware because again not every user is as savvy on the trails as as maybe you or i that's right and that there actually are speed limits believe it or oh, not wow. for cyclists really so yes. don't tell me that i don't, don't want to know <laughs> especially when coming around a blind corner or a downhill or something right. you just you know it'd be nice to say you own the trail but but you don't no so, you really but, don't and that's yeah. the whole thing it's you know there's there's a whole and forgive me if this is too far off the track that we're on, but there's a whole movement uh, with, with land acknowledgement for, for Indigenous people. And, I'm, and we can talk about that. And I'm, I like the idea. I was talking to a friend on Sunday, and he brought up, how about a land acknowledgement for the sake of the land? Like, let's acknowledge what this land is purely without a human footprint on it. You know, people, you really have to have a respect and a reverence for this because it's bigger than us, and not everybody has this either. That's right, and it's, it's a gift. It's a gift to us, and we need to treat, to treat it as such. Yeah. Right on. It is, it is a gift. The, the big thing that I, that I wanted to get into, I guess the first thing, is this idea of a unified corridor where the River Valley Park runs from Devon to Fort Saskatchewan. I understand that that's about 88 kilometers, and we're 70% connected. Does that mean that if I wanted to walk on foot from, from, let's say, Devon to Fort Saskatchewan, I couldn't do it? 
Um, I mean, you, I could do it, but is you, it? You could, but you wouldn't be on a on a on a, sure. on a on the RVA path, so to speak. Um, you know, there are some single track stuff out there. You'd have to probably bushwhack a little. Doing some bushwhacking. Um, you might have to get on the water at some points Ooh. in order to cross the river and okay. think, that type of thing. So the RVA trail um, by the end of 2024 will be uh, 75% connected. So it's actually closer to 100 kilometers once it's done. Okay, you heard and it here first. Yes, 100 kilometers. 100 kilometers, and so there will be right around 78 kilometers connectivity by the end of 2024. That's at the end of our phase one grant. Right Those on. projects are already in the works, either planning conception phase or already midway construction. Okay. So yes, that was always the um, the vision of the volunteers that came together 20 years ago to yes. across then seven municipalities, now six. Um, but that was always the vision to connect that 100 kilometers worth of trail from Devon to Saskatchewan so that you did not have to go on any major roadways right. or, you know, get it in the water, so to speak, to okay. cross the river, that there would be a pedestrian footbridge. So yes, essentially, <laughs> once it's complete, you could start walking oh. in, in Devon and end up in Port Saskatchewan. Are you going to do it when it's done? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to do it too. How long do you think it would take? Depending uh, on what mode of transportation true. you're using. True. Yeah. On foot, barefoot. Barefoot. <laughs> foot bathe, force bathing yeah, all the way. Yeah, force bathing yeah. the whole way. 100 kilometers, that's that's pretty it, serious. It would take um, a couple of, couple of days. For, for sure. sure. For yeah. sure it would. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be so cool. What's the rule as far as camping on the... It's a no? Yeah. Not not within the River Valley unless it's a designated camping site. I mean, okay. there are some, like in Devon Lions Pet Park. Devon yep. Lions Park, that's overnight camping there. White Mud Park. There's some other areas that probably have designated overnight camping, okay. but most of it's probably day use or parks that close 11 p.m., that type of thing. Okay. So you would have to be aware of that and have, you know, lodging along the way or something. Okay. Like that, I was going to ask about that then. So, because ultimately that's part of the attraction one day is that you could do this walk. It's it's equal to the, um, the West Coast Trail or, or the Cabot Trail. You would have to have camping in reasonable intervals right plan it out like you would on any of those other trails you know you're not just going to start walking and have no idea (laughs) where you're going to end up or stop for the night or eat or anything else right some people may and and you know may force be with them (laughs) yeah no no kidding good luck (laughs) but uh you know have have a plan just like you would any other time i guess what i'm what i'm trying to say is is there enough camping amenities that exist now or is that a big part of the push here i think that's something we should look into a little bit more actually as the trail unfolds is you know overnight camping's never been something that we focused on and but now that the trail is getting built out and, and we will start marketing it once it's named um you know i think those are things that the questions we're going to get so okay definitely we'll have to do some more research into that very cool very cool um yeah so then the the issue of private land ownership comes up right so if i wanted to do that walk would i be going through stretches of privately owned land uh you would be of course we don't build trail on unless we have a utility right away agreement with the landowner and or we purchase the property and or sometimes it's just a lease agreement or some type of thing we don't i mean our paths aren't super wide or really invasive normally they're top of bank normally they're on something that we would all would already be environmental reserve like municipal reserve by the municipality that's in so you know you're not trespassing by any means if you're on an rva trail Okay, right yeah, on. So don't wander off the trail, so sure. to speak, if you because some of it, of course, is privately held land that just has a, a right of way across it. Interesting. So you know, yeah. Okay, so that's that's an important distinction, though. Too is uh, I've lost it, but privately privately owned land. You guys are specifically not infringing on that. Your your, your trails are mapped to go around. We go around, we're on municipally owned property okay. already, or we have had an agreement in writing registered on land titles <laughs> with the landowner. I mean, we're, we're not in the business to make any, anyone upset or to trespass sure. or anything like that. So. Have you had any conflict with, with private 
landowners in any of this? Or? Um, I wouldn't say conflict so much as um, there. You know, it, you yourself probably, if you owned a private a private piece of parcel that that bordered the river, you would have questions as to well, how is this going to affect me? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but generally, we've had. You know, I'm not going to say that there have, hasn't been some landowners that are less excited about it than, than we sure, are. Sure. But, you know, in conversation <laughs> and once they really look at our plan of action and what what we're actually asking, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a really small piece of property that we need access to. Mm-hmm. And generally, like I said, it would already be considered environmental or municipal reserve okay. should they develop that property anyway. So, Understood. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, do they stand to gain anything from, from having... Sure. I mean, some of these properties are owned by developers, land right. developers, so they've just bought up parcels that they plan to develop in the future at some point. Okay. Well, uh, uh, a pedestrian trail, especially if it's going to be a residential area, mm-hmm. I mean, a trail backing your property or for the for the use of the residents mm-hmm. is a huge bonus and, and adds okay. huge value to your to your developed land. Okay, right on. So it's a net positive... It's, it can be. It for can, sure. can yep. be. Yep. I guess in my head, I was imagining sort of that rural stretch, I guess, between the southwest corner of Edmonton into Devon. Is there like maybe farmland or private use land out there? That's Lots of private land there. Right. Yeah. That's that's one of the reasons that that quadrant has is being... Sorry, just let the truck go by Yeah, here. sure. Appreciate that. Uh, that's one of the reasons that that, that will be our last um, piece of connectivity is okay. because it is all held, privately held lands and there's lots of negotiation and, and you okay. know, talks that need to go on there. Sure. So. so that's, and again, I, I'm sensing there's a, because when I first talked to McKenna, she re- referred to that area as the void. Uh, well, we just call it the gap. Oh, the gap. The gap. Sorry. Yeah. Not the void. I, <laughs> no. I made that up. I'm sure there are many, many things <laughs> there, but it's it's a gap. A it's hole. a trail gap. Okay. It's our gap. Yeah. But, uh, but looking at the plan of action and looking at the website, that's... You're targeting that for phase two, correct? Phase two, that's right. correct. Yeah. Well, let's before we go there, let's maybe talk a bit more about phase one of this development. Which, well, you tell me, um, where are we at with phase one? When when did it begin? It began well. It began in 2003 when the RVA was incorporated okay. by its seven municipal shareholders as a not-for-profit charity. So we are a registered charity. People can donate um, if they so choose um, through a website called Canada Helps, and there's a link on our website for that as well. Um, but we um, we gained a, a 50 million dollar grant from the provincial government, okay. and so that was matched. Um, with $30 million from the federal government, and then the municipal municipalities put in the other portion, the one-third portion. So okay. it's a one-third, one-third, one-third funding model all okay. across all three levels of government um, to when the RVA plan of action was envisioned. So the seven municipalities sat down and said, let's create this, okay. let's work together. It's one of the most shining examples of regional cooperation that you'll ever see. And it's, and it's worked fantastically. And so that original plan of action was 13 infrastructure projects throughout the six, now six municipalities. Mm-hmm. And we are about on the last three to four uh, projects. Okay. Cool. So we've, there's been huge gains in the last 10 or 12 years. Um, you know, such things as the Twilliger footbridge, the mm-hmm. funicular, all of those kilometers worth of trail. Yes. We've, you know, funded part of a pavilion at West River's Edge in Fort Saskatchewan. Um, you know, Lamaru in, in Sturgeon County, Strathcona County has lots of trail mm-hmm. that's been added. You know, it's throughout all of them. Some, some, a little bit of parking additions, a little, some washrooms and all those important things sure. have gone into it as well. And more of that will come in phase two. But um, yeah, so about 75% complete in 2024. Okay. Well, that's great. That must feel good. It right? feels, it's wonderful. It's, yeah. a, it's a great feeling. And, uh, you know, we still maintain wonderful working relationships with all three levels of government. Everyone's nice. a supporter and a fan. 
and you know it's it's paid dividends when it was most needed so <laughs> I love it. I mean, that's like you say, it's a shining example of cooperation among, you know, different municipalities, different levels of government. I, uh, that's rare, is it not? Especially for a nonprofit. Or is, well, it's, 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 it's rare to get that kind of cooperation. I'm not going to say rare. It's becoming more and more common and popular as, okay. as, you know, as we go forward into this feeling of regionality and that we're mm. just bigger than one thing. You know, it's, it's, sure. we're, we're, a, we're, a, we're one planet at the end of the day. Right? Absolutely. So, um, but it's becoming more and more popular. But it was one of the first and best examples of regional cooperation. Very sure. cool. Yeah. Uh, is there a sense among the municipalities that we need to spread the, the funding and the projects out evenly across? It's like, we're not just going to do all of Edmonton first and then... Right. Like there was absolutely um, that idea that every municipality needed to benefit. Sure. Of course, they benefit in a different proportion based on population and usage. Okay. Um, and where the infrastructure was most needed. Mm -hmm. But connectivity was the key. And so okay. we needed to connect... You know the municipalities are on varying sides of the river, and so there right. was there was key footbridges, and there's still a, a couple key footbridges that need to be put into place for full connectivity. Right. Um, so with connectivity in mind, the infrastructure was thought out after that. Okay, understood. Connectivity was kind of the overarching. Yes. You know, modus operandi or whatever. This is what it's about. Exactly. Cool. So, and those two footbridges you mentioned, that's more part of phase two. In the southwest, yes. The so southwest. there'll be a, a footbridge connecting Devon to Parkland and then okay. Parkland into the city of Edmonton. So right. two more, yeah. Um, Is there not two other ones? There are. That's in, in phase one. That's phase yeah, one so, still. So, so those are going to be finished those sooner. Those will be finished in 2024. Okay. Um, you know, should they proceed with construction, which every indication is that at this point that they, they will. Okay. Um, we have very much buy-in and support from both the City of Edmonton and Strathcona County for the Edmonton to Strathcona County footbridge. That's currently in concept design. It's going into its final design phase and then it will go. So it's been approved to funding up to the final design and, and okay. all of the in, um, consultations and environmental studies and all of those things mm -hmm. are underway or will be completed. Um, so just the construction phase remains, which is another you know, two to three million dollars um, just to actually Build the damn Build thing. the thing. <laughs> sure. Yes. So, and with, of course, um, the RVA's portion, which is significantly more than that, but um, that's okay. where the majority of the funding is coming from because it will utilize the remaining uh, funds that we have in our phase one grant. Okay. But it's a huge connectivity piece for us. It connects, um, you know, Sturgeon to Fort Saskatchewan will be connected with the Underslung Highway 15 pedestrian bridge, okay. which is currently in construction, already approved all the way through. So that will open in 2022, 2023. And then uh, with that Strathcona County to Edmonton piece, we get connectivity all the way from Sturgeon, Fort Saskatchewan to the West Anthony Henday Bridge in Edmonton, which is about 78 kilometers. Oh, oh well, then, you're, then you could at least do the Edmonton loop. That's right. right? You could certainly do the Edmonton loop. Now I didn't I didn't think about this, but you is the idea here that you could do your do the one leg of your journey on one side of the river and then cross and be able to do it. There are some secondary trails that are in our plan of action that would help. You know, you the, the, you'd be on one side of the river. You could do some loops on that side, some okay. different trails that necessarily wouldn't cross at a bridge. There'd be only sort of that one trail that crosses at the bridge. I see. But certainly there'd be loops on either side or some secondary trails for sure. Okay, that's interesting. I. I gotta tell you, I think it's great. I had some friends that we used to be a little more crazy in our younger days, and we always dreamed of, you know, maybe some m mushrooms have some kind of spiritual experience and, and, and <laughs> hike that full loop from Devon to Fort Sask. I think maybe we will. Well, it's becoming more and more popular, those, you know, sort of guided hallucinogen things and things <laughs> like that. I, I hear that's becoming very popular. You, so you, yeah, no, you, you no experience you with never, it. Maybe. You never know. <laughs> it could be a thing. I mean, if we do it right, if we do it safely and oh legally. Goodness. 
Well, it wouldn't be a June in the River Valley without... Without some wind and rain. A, and yeah, thunder. a storm at 11 exactly. in the morning. I got woke up by thunder. Was it yesterday morning at like 6 in the morning? It was just... Oh, well, I think it was most of the night, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. A great storm last night too, by the way. Yeah, for sure. Um, here's, here's... I guess I found myself... Well, I never thought too much about it. It was like I watched a large part of that River Valley swath get developed as I grew up. Uh, like, I guess... Westridge and into the Terwilliger footbridge, of course, and all that. Uh, over on the other side, uh, the Alfred Savage Center. Um, you know, they're redoing the staircases all over. I always just assumed that that was municipal money. It but is. It is. Well, I mean, they, they do get funding, of course, from pr the province and, and the federal okay. government to some extent. I mean, you know, that's just how municipal funding works. But but those are city of Edmonton sure. projects, and th those are with outside the mandate of the RVA. We we just deal with projects that are within our plan of action. Those are okay. projects that I talked about. Okay. So each municipality has their own, you know, parks plan and green space plan and all that type of thing. That other than maybe a stakeholder, if it connects to something that we would be considered an RVA trail, we mm -hmm. may be, you know, we may be in on some of the conversations about it. But sure. certainly that's their own forte. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, and then forgive me if you've explained this already, but for, for these two grants that you got, they're from all three levels of government funding. Mm -hmm. And so how does that, do you lobby for those lobby or do you, you present yourself and ask for this money or how did that, what was that like? Um, it was lobbied for back, back in the, back in the early two thousands and, uh, to the province, generally to the province, first and foremost, um, generally if you get provincial funding, the federal funding will come. Okay. And the municipalities were already on board. They basically had said, you know, if we can get this provincial grant, we'll match it one third, one third, one third with okay. the federal funds. So it started sort of steam rolled from there. So it was definitely something that was lobbied for. And, um, you know, as I said, we're working on our advocacy plan for our phase two grant. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we'll, we will, you know, they're within their their um, budgets and, and things like that. So the budgets roll out, the province uh, rolls out their budget and then we find areas and ways, you know, that they have this funding for okay. things like trails and, and whatnot, and then we apply for those grants. Okay, I see, I see. So it's not all necessarily given at once, it's kind of you... Uh, it can be. Okay. The, our phase one grant was given at okay. once, but certainly not always. I mean, sometimes it's just a, a three-year term or mm -hmm. for certain projects or however, however they decide to do it. Okay, yeah. okay. I, yeah, I don't mean to make a meal out of the money, but I am fascinated by it in some ways because it, to me it's one of those things where some money is going somewhere where we can kind of all agree that it should be you know mm -hmm. um were there hurdles to getting that funding well i wasn't with the rva sure. at the time um that was you know 13 to 15 years well, almost 20 years ago now that they actually did the original lobbying things mm -hmm. like that but i would imagine there were hurdles there always are <laughs> um but i think they they the municipalities had done so much good footwork and ground, unlaying the groundwork, and they already had their plan of action in mind when they made the proposal to the province that it just seemed like a win-win for everyone, and it's exactly what it turned out to be, so. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I again, I don't wanna overdo it, but it to me it's just fascinating that we have this cooperation, but you know, for, for the government to pitch in, I'm sure there's some amount of thought that goes into what is the economic payoff here what is the you know how's it going to benefit how's it going to line our pockets how's it going to benefit people down the road financially so i thought it was interesting on the uh on your the executive summary from 2018 
They pegged the natural, social, and economic capital of the river between three hundred and fifty and six hundred and fifty million dollars. Mm-hmm. I can you talk a little bit about how the river valley and how this connected corridor could benefit the region on an economic level? Well, I think it flows from just overall health and well-being of the, of the public. I sure. mean, you know, um, we we the the trails allow for places that people can get out there for lots of physical exercise. There's lots of very athletic people or people that are just out for a walk, but I mean, that mm-hmm. all benefits your health and your mental well-being, and, and that pays dividends down the road. I mean, if you're not healthy, either mentally or physically, it, it affects your ability to work. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's a more of a drain on the, the economic programs that are out there for people that need help. Um, you know, just health and well-being is a huge component of, of being a a healthy community. Okay, so you so you see the economic, I guess, benefit as being a tied more to those other overlapping circles of social and and, and natural. Abs- absolutely, yeah. for sure. Okay. And and active transportation is becoming a big um, hotspot kind of conversation now, especially within the federal government. Mm. And so you know, the you younger generations <laughs> don't necessarily want to jump in your car and go everywhere. No, if it's true. you can jump on your bike or walk or hike or run or you know, skateboard or inline skate or <laughs> sure. however you get around. Um, you know, if there's a way for you to do that on a trail to get to a, from A to B to work or to visit friends and family or just mm-hmm. to, you know, meet each other, then you will. And I'm not just saying the younger generations do that, all generations do that. But, mm-hmm. oh wow, it's going to rain, huh? <laughs> Uh, but you know th- that's also a, a big thing, and, and that just reduces our, our um, carbon footprint in, at sure. the end of the day as well. You know, less car usage, all that stuff, and, and just yeah, less of a carbon footprint. Right on. Okay, well let's pause for a second here, and we'll we'll see if this blows over. Is it gonna hail? <laughs> No, that's, that's, yeah, I don't mind that. This, I think, is actually the picnic site that we tried that we're trying to request for the ambassador event. Oh. This one is. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, right on. When is that? Hmm? When is the event? End of July. End of July. This is one of the alcohol permitted sites. Uh one of them is. That, it's either like one of these two, but it's mm. one of them, yeah. So what's the ambassador? I, I looked at that briefly on the site. I should have okay. dug in a little more on that, but do you want to talk about the ambassador Yeah, program? McKenna can probably talk about that more than I sure. can. Um, S- just swing that. Yeah, absolutely. You can even just tilt it in a little. Yeah, you bet. Perfect. Uh, so the, well, the ambassadors, anybody can be an ambassador, and there was three different types before um, and still are the ones that help promote social media, um, people mm. that can help out at events. Um, and now the third one is escaping me. Um, but those are the, I guess those are the two main ones. Um, and like during COVID, there was really nothing physically to help out with because sure. there was no events, there wasn't anything. Um, but now that things are opening, um, ambassadors, you know, when we're at um, different events, having a booth, just supporting mm. with, um, uh, getting information out or you know manning manning a booth um mm-hmm. and with social media using in sh- they're out um photographing videoing sharing okay. you know sharing their love of the river valley using our primary hashtag of trek the trails um supporting with again there's so many people in the diverse interests and knowledge base so guest blogs um 
just kind of cool. information based. Um, so yeah, our event at the end of July is will be just a, a small get together since mm. we haven't been able to really see anybody in two years. <laughs> yeah, basically, right. <laughs> to just kind of you know ca- catch, catch up, up and see where people are at and okay. see where interest is for um, you know volunteering sure. things. Okay, that's great. I love all that. I, I think it's so cool that first of all that you guys do what you do. I did. I wasn't really aware of it until I found you guys on Instagram. And I still wasn't really sure what it was until I really started talking to you. So kudos to you. I think it has to be said. Appreciate it. Thank you. If you're enjoying this conversation, please subscribe on YouTube and give us a like. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And now, back to the conversation. Has there been any trouble in getting ambassadors? Or is it like there's a pretty big demand or supply, I guess, to, to do this thing? Every, um, I wouldn't say trouble. I mean, again, the engagement over COVID because the only thing really that could do was, you know, social media stuff. Yeah. And yeah. you see, I mean, I see every day looking at the, our um, hashtag track the trails. There's lots of people mm-hmm. that are out doing, you know, consistently and sharing things like that. So, no, I wouldn't. I think people love the River Valley and are mm-hmm. avid lovers of, of sharing it. Um, and I know that there's um, people that... Um, run other volunteer outdoor clubs that like you know lead hikes and walks who are also ambassadors mm-hmm. um through us and cool. lots of you know river valley photographers um who we um use you know photographs for various various things so mm-hmm. okay now let's say i don't want to be an ambassador but i just like to do more for the river valley or the what do you what's kind of your call to action to the average person When you're out there, um, be respectful of etiquette, like we talked about before. But also, maybe take a, take a bag with you and pick up some garbage if you see it. Okay. Um, you know, if you're just out there utilizing it yourself, use the, use the garbage cans, mm-hmm. use the designated picnic sites. Stay on the trails. Don't forge your own path. Okay. Um, you know, respect the wildlife as well and, and the plant life because without those, we don't have a river valley. So, right. yeah, just be respectful. Okay, respect is number one. Now... I think I asked the etiquette question, but do you see a, a lack of disres- or a lack of respect in some in some ways around the River Valley, or for sure, <laughs> you're nodding. <laughs> you know, various conversations with some of the other like or the the user groups of of the city, um, and there's a, there's a lot of public consult going on right now for various projects with the city of Edmonton. So I mean, I've sat in on various meetings, um, and just. Yeah, like respect and staying, you know, staying on trails, people mm-hmm. cutting their own trails sometimes can be can be an issue and not realizing the impact that it has. And people like the um, Edmonton um, Mountain Biking Alliance mm-hmm. have um, agreements with the city of Edmonton. So the trails are like, they're not official city trails, but they've received training. They've got, Interesting. you know, on how to grade them so that the, you know, they're, they're, they're not randomly, let's put a trail here. Mm-hmm. They're very... Uh, they're very thought out. So, okay. So when people, yeah, are out just hacking out a trail, it... It's not cool. No. Well, that actually brings me up. A friend of mine told me to ask about this, and I, you may not know, but maybe you did just answer it. There was a spot that we used to love wet, like west of here, and we went there the other day, and somebody had hacked a trail right through it, and, you know, it was, it was a well-groomed trail, and I wonder if that was the Mountain Bike Alliance. You, you don't have to throw them under the bus, but I'm just curious... Any, well, anything that they do would have been approved, approved. by the city of okay. Edmonton, and they're, they're trained also in how to maintain their trails. Interesting. So, 
If it was them, it was um, an approved trail, and if it wasn't, then we don't know. No, right, you can't speak yeah. to that. No problem, no problem. Man, I, not to overdo it, but that spot out west, I guess, basically between here to the, to the Fort Edmonton footbridge, which... Stop there. Was the Fort Edmonton footbridge at all any doing? Were you guys involved with that? Uh, not the bridge itself, really, but uh, some of the trails connected okay. to it, yes. Because that bridge is a beauty. It is. Well, the Terwilliger footbridge as well. It's oh, iconic. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's actually the longest spanning uh, suspension footbridge in uh, North America. That's it wild. was modeled after the Golden Gate in San Francisco, which okay. is, of course, is a driving bridge, but uh, that was what it was modeled after, mm -hmm. and it is, it's uh, quite an iconic piece of infrastructure. And so you were more involved with that one? Well, that was an, that that was was an RV project. For yeah. sure. Mm -hmm. What can you tell me about it besides that? I mean, I love the lights. I love the design. Who, who yeah. maybe designed that thing, first of all? Um, I'm not entirely sure who the actual architect was. Most of our architecture is designed by um, architectural works, or at least they... Um, you know, um, go out and get the okay. um, the contractors that do most of that work. But of course, the city of Edmonton project manages all of their own um, okay. infrastructure, so they would have decided on the engineering and all that. I see. So at the end of the day, whatever municipality is getting this infrastructure, it's on them to manage the project, and you guys just advocate for the creation of it? Not necessarily. The city of Edmonton, yes, because okay. they have such a, um, you know, an engaged and large planning department all on their own that mm -hmm. they already have contractors that they go to tender with and things like that. Okay. Um, so the city of Edmonton does tend to project manage their own projects. Some of the smaller municipalities, though, no, they don't. Um, okay. They just don't have that, you know, that big deep well to draw from as far as, far as their parks planning and things like that goes. Mm. So that is when our architect, architectural work steps in and works with them okay. um, in whatever capacity they need. And, and, and we end up getting some of the contracts and things like that um, mm. with in, in, in partner with them. That's interesting. So you, you are associated with some, what do you say, architectural works. firms? Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that, yep. that's a private company that you guys are well, they were, they've been with us, um, you know, they, they have given so much in-kind work. I mean, okay. it, you know, we do pay for some um, contractual things, but so much in-kind work has been given there as well. Mm. Um, they've been with the RVA since the plan of action was developed. Oh, they wow. were actually the architectural firm that worked on the plan of action with the original municipalities and just lots of in-kind work and, and so invested with the RVA. Sure. Why, 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 why do they do that? Just passion. It's a passion project. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that I would like to go there a little bit too. Then, do you find that um, you know when you're getting into the, the nitty gritty with with government officials and asking for money and, and and dealing with private companies to do the building, is there a sense of like this is something similar to when they built the arena downtown? There was a lot of pride and and passion associated with building that. Do you find that too with the river that people are excited to be a part of it? It's not building a condo. It's Absolutely. And, um, you know, I don't get to engage, unfortunately, firsthand with a lot of the contractors. That's just, it's it's not sort of in my job description. Sure. But, but uh, you know, and in speaking with them and in speaking with the um, people that I do get to engage with within our municipalities, it's a passion project for everyone. And it has been from day one, um, you know, right from the politicians, the mayors, the councillors, to, to the parks planning people and all of the administrative people that we work with. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's, you know, never, n no one ever has a bad word to say about it, and awesome. everyone's just excited to see it be completed, and excited for what it means for the community. So beautiful. D have you encountered any reasonable or rational or logical sort of, I guess, even just sober second thought about any of this? Like, has anyone ever, a public official, ever stood up and said, "We don't need to do this," or "We ought to think about how we go about this"? 
Um, definitely it needs to be well thought out. And sure. I think that's obvious that it has been well thought out from the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just to get as far as we did in the time that we did is, is just a huge, it's a huge um, a win for okay. the whole community. Um, no, I don't think I've ever actually heard anyone say. Interesting. There's been no real resistance. There's or? been some maybe maybe we should do this instead of this. Sure. You know, just depending on what's happening with the economy. Mm -hmm. uh, COVID kind of switched some things up as to you know is <laughs> but it it at the end of the day it was just you know the River Valley Trail system became such a go-to place for everyone that we just kind of looked at each other and went, this is why we're doing this. You right. Know, this is what the community needs. Right on. Yeah. You know, so I, I did take a cruise through the, uh, was it the executive summary or the plan of action from 2018? Within a few pages of reading that thing, the, I don't know who wrote that, or if it was written by committee, but there is a voice of, I would say, I'm not going to say desperation, but urgency in the way that was written, as in we need to get this done. We need to get this corridor united now. Uh, I think the time is now for moving forward with our trail naming initiatives. So okay. that's something that maybe we can chat about a little bit because sure. that's something new this year. Um, but I think all of the, so at our AGM in April, all six municipal shareholders um, voted unanimously to proceed with the trail naming initiative, which hmm. means that we will have one unifying name for the trail from end to end. Nice. Now, of course, it snakes through a number of parks that are already named and things like that. Those park names will remain. Okay. Um, but it's just um, so that we can put a name and if you name it it's a real thing right so totally. um the trail itself will have its own identity very cool and it will become a marketable identity and so that speaks again to our economic diversity within our communities mm -hmm. in that it, be it can become a tourist attraction on its own that can be marketed worldwide such as a lot of very similar trails throughout the world are um so i'm not even sure what your initial question yeah, was there I, actually, or how I we portrayed into that but um <laughs> Uh, you know, that's sort of the direction that we're heading and, and, uh, yeah. Oh, right on that. That's okay. Well, that's fair. If you want to go there, I wish I could remember what that question was, but anyway, so the trail naming initiative, so that's interesting. Like the trail will obviously come for instance, through Laurier park, Absolutely. but you would just, it would have its name, but then we just recognize that we're here in Laurier Park. Right. So there'll be some additional signage added in. Um, so uh, we already have some sort of uh, prototype markers made up as to what those may look like. And, you know, we don't want to also speckle the River Valley Trail with more and more signage. I mean, that's sure. not something that we want to take away from the actual beauty, beauty of the nature and the surroundings. Mm -hmm. So it'll be well thought out signage. Some places in some of the other, in some municipalities will need a full marker. Okay. Um, some will just need a little logo because we will have a logo um, nice. with our trail name added onto existing signage. Mm -hmm. Just so that once you get on the trail, you know how to stay on the trail and you know where you are on the trail. Very cool. So there'll be additional wayfinding um, things for safety as well, mm -hmm. you know, so that... Um, yeah. Um, emergency services can find you if ever need be um, and also there'll be on some of the signs there'll be a QR code that you can scan with nice. your mobile device and it will give you some historical background about the area you know maybe um, some indigenous um, history some sure. cultural history some settler history okay. just some really interesting facts about the area and you know it's, it hasn't been fully um, thought out yet but that's, right. that's the area we're going yeah. well, you're I feel like I'm starting to see some signage pop up in the parks. Is is that kind of the look, or is it all going to be refurbished? It'll be well. That's the Edmonton work for the most okay. part. They are initiating a big wayfinding um, signage program themselves throughout yeah. their parks. Um, so, but ours will be in addition to. Okay, 
Are there going to be like mile markers or like kilometers? Yeah, that's yeah. the idea. That's cool. So mile one would be in, in Devon. Okay. And then it would uh, go to mile whatever it ends up being around 100 in sure. around Fort Saskatchewan. Oh, right on. I guess because yeah. that's the direction of flow, right? That's right. Yeah, okay. Of cool. the river, yeah. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Uh, I remember my question was not, or what that question was when I was reading the. Uh, reading the executive summary and there was this tone of urgency oh, right. and you said that there's an urgency to get the trail named <laughs> yeah so nature is working with us this is nature's yeah, background is, music i wouldn't have it any, love it any this is way. what i sleep to actually right it's on. rain sounds um <laughs> Great. so uh yes well i think because the sense of urgency is in that our phase one grant is coming to an end, so okay. it needs to be fully spent out. We do have a deadline of uh, March of 2025, Okay. so all infrastructure needs to be in place and open to the public by the end of 2024. Okay. So um, after that, um, in order to close that 23-kilometer gap in the southwest and to add those very important things that the public always tells us they want, more parking and more washrooms... Oh. Um, <laughs> People, huh? Yeah. Got to put my shit somewhere else. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you know, of course they do. And yeah. we completely understand and hear that. And uh, But we will need our phase two grant for that. Okay. So right. that is probably where that sense of urgency, maybe that you were reading, comes from. Right. In that we will begin some pretty um, a focus on our advocacy for that phase two grant. Okay. So, so, again, just to be clear, phase two is fully approved? Funding-wise, or you're still pushing for no, it? No, we don't have the funding. Um, the municipalities, so it's within the plan of action already. It okay. was already built out in the plan of action in 2008. Um, and the municipalities are on board with it. Okay. Um, you know, they will have their one-third funding available. We just need the province to come to the table oh. and provide. And the federal government as well. So yeah. Should be no trouble with the provincial. No problem whatsoever. No. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that there. <laughs> uh, how about, what's the ask? Is it $90 million? Uh, Well, that would be our wish list sure, ask. I nice. mean, if we wanted to, if we were to do absolutely everything, um, but certainly we could, we could, you know, have that prorated over a number of years, mm. or we could get by with another thirty million to close that gap. It would okay. be probably about twenty to thirty million dollars. So, you know, to add that ex extra infrastructure, every dollar gives us just, you know, a little more washroom or a little extra sure. somewhere. So yeah. Okay, that's interesting. I guess it is a fine balance, like. In the ask of 90 million, there's there's new projects, there's new capital projects. Then is there updating existing amenities? Um, not so much. No. Once the projects are finished, they actually become the full property of the municipality that they reside in. The RVA okay. does not manage or maintain their projects. Okay. So those Good go to, to the uh, municipality's um, infrastructure maintenance programs. Okay. So if they need to upgrade or do anything like that. Now, having said that, um, some of the boat docks and launches, you know, when they suffer right. ice damage and things, when they're they're brand new and they're not even open, but they, you know, we, we, we help where we can, but that's not our mandate. So. Okay. Sidebar, have you had any communication with the guy who owns the, the new the riverboat? Not the new riverboat, but the riverboat at all? Uh, not a lot of communication, no, and no other than being aware of their project. But that guy's having a tough go. Well, you know, Mother Nature is its own force, and... You, it's not a negotiable thing. So. No, it's really not. And yeah, he's losing that negotiation. I would love to talk to that guy actually, but I don't know if you know, but that boat is just docked up over there. Yeah, I do see it there. Yeah. And I think I think it's a fantastic thing, but um, definitely challenges there for sure. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, okay, well that's 90 million, huh? Well, we could get by with less. Okay. <laughs> so, so no, we, no, don't, we don't say just, that. Yeah. <laughs> We'd love 90 100. million. 30 million would get us by, but yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah. 
what are what's kind of the key piece of that phase two like what's if it had to be the one or what's kind of the it's closing the 23 kilometer gap right. so we, we need to negotiate with those landowners um get the right of ways um and you know sometimes that comes with some compensation of mm -hmm. course and then to build the trail themselves so the, the construction cost of the trail okay so that's um number one on our wish mm -hmm. list and then of course that amenity overlay was always seen as sort of a phase three ah. so along the whole entire 100 kilometers of the trail uh, you know if it's going to be utilized by residents and tourists alike there will need to be some amenities. Okay. So, yeah. Now you, and that gap again is the Southwest? Yes. Ellerslie to Devon? That's right. Okay. Uh, you mentioned too though, and I, I keep, people want more parking, more washrooms. I guess there's, there, there's something to be said for striking a balance here between, uh, well, okay. So the, the desperation in that document, I think came from what you're saying, like give us the money, you know, now, sooner than later, but also, population is booming and Edmonton is being and the river valley generally is being infringed upon by population so to me the whole thing seems like you're striking a balance between use and accessibility and uh keeping people out of it in some sense too right yeah well you know the fact is that we're in the middle of a major metropolitan area okay. i mean it's you know and the population is only increasing yeah so you know obviously people are going to go into the river valley whether there are access points or not mm -hmm. And our mandate is if we give people um, designated access points and areas to be, like designated trails, that that will lessen the footprint, you know, okay. and, and maybe some of the destructive qualities of, of the human footprint. I mean, right. it, we are what we are, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, and just also teaching people about the etiquette and the respect and the, and the kindness. I mean, we're going to have to learn to get along. And so right. why not just be respectful and kind regardless and you know giving those access points i think that's just huge because people are going to access it whether those points are there or not mm -hmm. and if we can sort of bottleneck them into certain areas sure. um you know and the bigger the trail gets the more areas there are for people to spread out which is also mm. hugely important i mean okay. covid showed us that that you know most people go to their favorites mm -hmm. or their the well-known spots but yep. there are many 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 other access points throughout the six municipalities that mm -hmm. aren't that far of a drive or or you know you could probably cycle there or mm -hmm. jump in your kayak or whatever sure. you wanted to do and you know go explore a little bit and find some more off the beaten areas because there are lots Absolutely. and so you know get out of the main core and explore a little and there are access points that have been created for you to enjoy mm -hmm. different areas okay that's interesting that you again it, it's it's tough right because you want people in there the whole point is to use it in some ways but um so do you see that the corridor, the unified corridor, and the, the sort of surrounding amenities is being kind of the, I guess, the whatever, the, the centerpiece of it all? And then any sort of development, any growth has to work around that? Oh, I, the municipalities have very stringent regulations about any kind of development within right. the River Valley, and Good. we have to meet those. In fact, our, stringent, our regulations are a little bit higher to meet because we are also provincially and federally funded, mm -hmm. uh, especially when it comes to environmental studies and Indigenous engagement and those types of things. Um, okay. we, we meet very stringent regulations for all of our projects, um, as do the municip municipalities. So, you know, everything that happens within the River Valley is very well thought out. The footprint is well thought out. Um, you know, some of the things that we do, we don't just build concrete infrastructure, but we plant more trees. Mm. We, um, we um, you know, re-forest um, areas. Um, some of the, you know, the 
the Rossdale power plant area. There's mm -hmm. sort of a little bit of planning going on oh, yeah. around that project. Perhaps in the future, it's it's not approved by council yet. Um, but if that does go ahead, a lot of it is planting trees and mm -hmm. providing a screen to some of the um, you know the cemetery there and things like sure. that. So it's not just about concrete. Well said. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> I. You mentioned Indigenous Affairs, and I think we should go there at some point. I'm also wondering what, if any, uh, with the... Because, you know, there's a homeless population in this town, and they, they live in the River Valley sometimes. Is there any... Is there is that anything that's on your guys' radar as far as a, a need or something that could be addressed through your work, or just... Oh, well, that's more the municipalities' work. Sure. I mean, we stick to our mandate of our plan of action and our 13 projects and sure. and work with the municipalities wherever they can, wherever, wherever we can actually, you know... Mm help sure um, but you know I can't really speak to the homeless population um, indigenous relations are a huge um, um, you know that's very important to our work of course yes. um, we do acknowledge that we're on Treaty 6 territory and we acknowledge that before every, each one of our board meetings right on. and we have some really excellent relations with um, some indigenous nations and communities within the area um, we've invited them to uh, sit on our naming committee. Okay. Some indigenous representation, um, you know, uh, hopefully, maybe, uh, I mean, I can't speak for what the name will be. That will be the committee's work, but definitely lots of thought going into the indigenous history and culture. Right. I would have to think, especially at this point, when it's becoming more and more clear how the land was, you know, first inhabited by them and they were violently dispossessed of it, you know. So that's interesting. Now, I remember reading about the there's a Métis settlement like out west on Big Island mm -hmm. around there yep. is that so those are people for instance that you're dealing with uh, that's more the so the Big Island Provincial Park is more of a, the province and city of Edmonton and, okay. and Enoch Cree Nation um, oh, in, okay. uh, so sort of a tri-party agreement there and we're considered a stakeholder but those aren't our trails oh, okay. uh, and that's not our man the provincial park is that's the province okay so yeah. this RVA trail to be named would steer around Big Island uh, sort of around Big Island um, there are some trails on either side there within our plan of action. Um, they're not there yet. Okay. That's sort of phase two work. Uh, but and we're happy to work with the province in whatever capacity that you know that they would want to work with us on that. And City of Edmonton, of course, and Enoch as well. Um, so that's all sort of to be determined. I sure. believe their deadline to determine what they're actually going to do there is the fall of 2022. So okay. we'll have to stay tuned and see what they. Well, decide. yeah, some big stuff coming in the next few years, For right? Sure. Yeah. Do you have a sense of what? what phase three four would look like is that even on the radar or is um, the I work can't ever finish right right yeah you know what is the future of the rva um, sure. you know right now we kind of focus on where we are and, and mm. where we uh, to some extent where we want to be of course but you know we have our bridges uh, you know for connectivity in the mm -hmm. northeast working on that right now some work downtown still with the Rossdale power plant area okay. perhaps if that goes ahead our southwest gap you know just because we don't necessarily have the funds right now to proceed with that trail construction it doesn't mean that we don't um, stay in contact with the landowners and okay. sort of relationship build and things like that where we can mm -hmm. um, so we were always focusing on that and then of course our advocating for our phase two grant is, is pretty um, time-consuming and <laughs> important to us sure. um, but you know once that 100 kilometer trail is is um, complete and connect and all of the amenities that the public needs and wants, mm -hmm. um, you know, in so much as we can provide are there. Um, yeah, we be, we see it, you know, as something like the Cabot Trail or the Bruce Trail or the, you know, the mm -hmm. West Coast Trail to just showcase Edmonton yeah. and the metropolitan region and the River Valley for the beauty and the jewel that it really is. 
Hundred percent. It's like you said. It's a hundred kilometers. It'll be fully connected eventually. There's really nothing like that in the world. Uh, well, there's there are trails like that in in the world, but ours could certainly be one a shining sure, example sure. of one of them. Yeah. Is it not one of the largest unbroken urban green spaces? What's it's actually the, considered the large, largest urban park in North urban, America. Okay. Yeah. So um, bigger bigger than Central Park in New York, you know, which mm -hmm. is considered one of the largest urban parks, um, but. Yes, one of the largest urban parks in North America, That's if great. not the largest. Yeah. I think it's I think it's largest. We're, largest. we're 20 time, 22 times bigger than Central Park in New York. Right. We've got the length, I guess, right? That's length, yeah. <laughs> right on. So now where are we at with one thing I wanted to ask you was there was some talk about a promenade or like a, a boardwalk. Uh, not a boardwalk, but a promenade, right? Like in Rossdale. Mm -hmm. Is that going ahead? Um, it's in the preliminary design, so they did do public consultation. Um, you may have, there was some engagement online with mm -hmm. things like that because, of course, all the consultation was done during COVID, so it couldn't be in person. Right. Uh, there are still lots of information on some websites and, and things like that. And City of Edmonton, I think you, if you went there, you could probably find okay. still their, um, what, what came out of their consultation. Okay. So they do have a preferred design in mind. Um, okay. And they have actually, at the end of this month, at the end of the June, uh, council will review that design and decide on funding. Okay. So whether or not it goes ahead will will be determined then. Okay, so it's still up in the air. So yes. Okay. Yeah. It'd be great to see it. I think that'd be... There's something like that in... Is it San Antonio? Something like that? Mm -hmm. Just to get... I mean, again, it's getting people down there, but also there'd be some economic kickback, I think, because businesses could probably... Sure, yeah. I mean, it's it's a phased-out project as well. Okay. The initial phase is, is actually quite quite low-key and again when I spoke to re replanting some greenery and things like mm. that there's a lot of that in there sure. working with what's already there some additional sort of daytime usage areas and things like that but the grand scope of it was a very large I believe it was around 30 million dollar project just for that okay um, so again you know it's gonna be phased out sure but yeah right what do you personally think about that? Is that something you think is useful? Well, I think it's interesting and exciting. It doesn't really speak to the um, mandated connectivity that the RBA is all about, um, sure. connecting sort of that length of trail, but mm. it's more, you know, comes, and then RBA is a part of, of the initial concept, like the option sure. one. Um, so sort of the, the things I've already spoken about, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, the amenity overlay that comes later, right? So right, right. some different things that residents and tourists alike can, can enjoy along the way. Okay, we, we just want to get the hallway built first before we... Exactly, yeah, go and then we up. fill in the blanks. Sure, yeah. okay, right yeah. on. Well, I think that's... It's great to hear that, that there's just this driving need to get it connected and then we can, you know... <laughs> then and we can, yeah, like you say, exactly. fill in the blanks, fill exactly. in the blanks. Because there was also some talk about a, a gondola. Well, that's, that's a separate group altogether. Oh, the, okay. yeah. yeah, that's a private... That's venture. a private venture, yeah. So, um, you know, we, we watch it from afar and uh, we were asked to sit on the public's um, stakeholder sort of mm -hmm. to give some input on what we thought and how okay. we thought it would engage. But none of those meetings have proceeded yet. So okay. we'll wait and see what happens there. Well, and this fall, Edmonton is re-electing council and mayor. Mm -hmm. Do you foresee that being a, maybe you have to restart some relationship building or hopefully pick up where you left off with whoever takes over? Yeah, well, the, you know, it depends on um, who gets into office, I right. guess. Um, we do have great relationships with some of the candidates already, um, and certainly the, the people that are staying will end up staying. Mm -hmm. We've already developed relationships with and But like I said, none of the work that the RVA has done has ever really had any, 
you know, I'm not going to say that there aren't naturalists and things like that that think the river valley shouldn't be touched. Oh. Um, but, you know, that's within their opinion and, and they're completely entitled to it. But in general, I would say that we get very, very positive feedback from both the public and, mm -hmm. and you know, the local politicians. So. Okay. Yeah, that was one question I had about, like, public opinion generally. I can't see it there being, like you say, there's people that maybe just think we should be out of here totally, but... Where does that come from? Do you have any idea why, why they uh, believe Well, you that? know, I, I, I can't speak for them, That's so I, I, I can't really say, but, um, you know, humans leave a footprint, and yep. some of us not, it's larger than others, you know? Mm. So I think that just comes back to very um, important pieces of our puzzle in that we say respect the river valley like it's a living, breathing thing that it is, mm -hmm. and, you know, it needs to be taken care of just like anything or anyone else. No, that's that's fair to say. That's that's probably the best way to look at it, right? Look at it like a giant living organism that we're we're stewarding it. We're also we're using it because that's what humans do, but we're doing it in a in a sustainable way. Yeah, it's, yeah. All, it's all about balance. You talked about balance before, sure. and, and you know anything is about balance. It's about striking that balance between use and and you know enough care and thought and respectfulness put into it mm. that the use doesn't do unrepairable damage. Right. Right. And, right, and then that use is still a net positive. It's Absolutely. Okay. A net positive, you know, for the River Valley itself, because it, it, it regenerates and it, like, right. it is its own living, breathing entity. And if we look after it, it will be here for generations to come. But also ourselves, you know, um, we're always sure. renewing ourselves and then becoming something else and new. So hmm. it can all work hand in hand. Absolutely. Now, there was a couple things, if I could just, like, maybe just rapid fire a few things just quickly uh talk about a new nature center there's some stuff that i read in the document that coal interpretive center a new nature center an aquarium is this was this just stuff that was more like a maybe or oh, that's a, not, those aren't rva projects either actually okay. those was, are also um sort of private initiatives okay or initiatives that different organizations have come together and thought about so okay. the aquarium idea we did um um you know kind of have a just a get to know you meeting with with that group that's okay. trying to put that together but again those aren't rva projects so sure. they would uh, again to me they they come in as you know we've we've worked to create this sort of unifying trail mm -hmm. and along this trail could be different things that interest different people both residents sure. and tourists alike so okay those those kind of projects i see is coming in at that point right again it's like if a private venture wanted to come in and fill the gap afterwards you'd Although it's kind of cool that you guys are stewardship in some sense, right? Where like you've met with some of these groups and you're kind of saying, here's our mandate. If you want to come in, fine, but know that we're yeah, kind of... and you know, we're happy to share information on, you know, because lots of, lots of different organizations have questions about funding and, and how to proceed and just, you know, we like to just help make connections wherever we can as well. So. Oh, right on, right on. Um, I'm curious about how how you was there a reason that you found yourself drawn not to the alliance but to the river valley generally like is it something you grew up with or are you from edmonton i'm or? not from i'm from alberta okay. i'm from central alberta i okay. grew up about um 100 kilometers from here but uh i came to school here as a 18 year old right uh so and i've be pretty much been here ever since you know i i got married and then moved away a little bit but then mm -hmm. we came back home and and this is home to me and i've always just felt a sense of renewal in being out in nature so I seek I've always seeked out nature and I knew of the trails and I spent time in them prior to coming to the RVA as an mm -hmm. employee um, but to me it was just a natural fit and 
every time that, that I get to spend a morning, like I did this morning, mm-hmm. out here, you know, this is my job, and I couldn't be more excited and thrilled about it. Right on. Yeah. How long with the with the alliance for you? Uh, so I'm going into my seventh year. Okay. So I was six years um, previous in uh, a finance manager role, so more uh, managing claims for municipalities and the, okay. and the tri-party funding and things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, so, but I got... Uh, to see firsthand, because it's a small organization, mm-hmm. uh, as far as administration goes, you know, we have a board of directors and committees, so we have definitely a lot of um, different people, you know, volunteers and things like that, but the staff itself has always been a small office. So I got to work very closely with the previous executive directors, and mm-hmm. they've all done amazing work and had such passion for the River Valley and the trail system as well that, it, you know, I just got to learn and grow from that. So I took over that role when Brent Collingwood, our previous executive director, who'd okay. been with the organization for some 10 years, uh, retired mm-hmm. in December. So, okay. yeah, I got to step into those shoes, which has been amazing. That must have felt, did you have a sense that that was coming? If I could, I would? Absolutely. You know, um, I was approached to see if, to sort of garner my interest and of course sure. I was absolutely 100% in and excited yeah. and and you know I got to um, sort of shadow the previous executive director for a few months okay. prior to his exit so that was great. Right on mm-hmm. and it's been a seamless transition. Uh, well I wouldn't call it seamless <laughs> I don't know what other people's perspective is but uh, for me it's just been a huge growth opportunity and I'm excited to know where we are and where we're going and and just work with the most amazing, wonderful, dedicated group of people. And most of them are volunteers. Oh, so really? So it's fantastic. Okay, that's yeah. important to know. Mm-hmm. What is it? I wonder what it is. I mean, for me personally, the River Valley was somewhere to escape to. You know, when I was younger, it was a place to grow up, create, you know, cause a reasonable amount of trouble with people. Not anything too crazy, <laughs> but, you know, it's a place to go and, and a place to get away from this urban life that we live do you have any sense of what it is in you that just draws you back back time and again to nature Uh, i think we're just ingrained i think it's just ingrained in who we are as human beings in fact i think our health and our mental well-being suffer when we're isolated Mm -hmm. from it Mm -hmm. um and i think you know maybe some of the positives if there are some that came out of the pandemic were a lot of people found ways to reconnect to nature because it was the only place to go where you could safely distance yourself Mm -hmm. you know the only place you could go to run because Mm -hmm. the gyms were all closed there were unless you had a treadmill in your house i guess or something like that but i think a lot of people were reawakened to the need for that connection and i think it's actually not just individual to myself or to people that like to get there out there and, and do it but to every single every single person on this planet a hundred percent it's it's built in us right i mean we we came from i mean i'm not going to go too far with this but we i mean this is these are our roots essentially is is, out, is the outdoors it's that greenery being tied to the natural cycles of the seasons and all that it's how you could live without it i'm not sure I'm not sure either, and I think maybe that's where some of the disease and the, and the mental, you know, mm. health issues and things like that, that that some people have, you know, I think that's where, I'm not going to say, I mean, I realize people have had trauma and things like that, but mm. I think being in nature, it's just genuinely healing and, and giving, and you know, it, it fills you back up, it fills your cup back up. Fills you back up, yeah, mm. I, you're, right, you're absolutely right about that, I'll say it if you won't, I think, yes, of course, there's many reasons that we're in the shape we're in but there's a real uh, there's a disconnect from what we are and i like to say that as humans we're running some pretty old software you know like and yet we're forcing ourselves to live in a system that's very 
new and modern and, and in some ways not even real you know so much like people will be listening to this in a in a mediated way we so much of our life is mediated i mean mm-hmm. how much did we talk through email before we met you know mm-hmm. to, to to live that life and to not then have this yeah, I think you do go insane in some way. You, you lose a piece of what... I think you lose an integral part of, of who we are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So is there kind of a... Is there a sense that when you're, when you're going to these municipalities, these officials, and, and, and giving them your, your pitch for what you want, that they, there's kind of a... Like a warm sort of a... You know what I'm saying? Is there a... Absolutely. I mean, you know, we... we um, because we have six municipal shareholders, we report to councils mm-hmm. um, at least annually, if not more often. Uh, we engage with them in lots of different ways too, but, you know, there's always sort of that just genuine respect for each other and what we're trying to do and what we're trying to do for the community. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's a warm, fuzzy feeling for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting it now just staring at this green, just kind of radiating. It's, you can't explain it. It's without language. I think it just is, it's where we came from, right? It is. It is. And this is our home. This is our home. Now, I thank you for your time. It's been great. I've learned. It's good for me to really understand what you're doing. I know there was times when you're like, I've told you this already. No, no worries whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm happy to repeat. It just it solidifies it in my own head as well. So I'm sure. happy. Now, I guess my, just kind of to wrap it up a little bit, and I, you did say this once, but just to get it, the average person should just show respect, show compassion, be aware around here. Now, what if I wanted to do a little bit more? Uh, maybe not financially, but if I want to give my time, I know this volunteer, how can I sort of get in touch with, with what you guys are doing? Yeah, well, of course, um, check out our website. It's very interactive. There's lots of, you know, do some exploring in there. Click on the links. It'll take you different places. You'll learn lots of different information. Uh, the ambassador um, sign-up link is on there, the sign-up page, if you want to get in touch with us and become an ambassador. McKenna already kind of explained what that program is about, but mm-hmm. um, if you ever want from more information, all of our contact information is on our website. Okay. Um, so feel free to reach out to us via phone or email or, you know, whatever. And also, if you're ever in a position where you're out there speaking with your municipal or provincial representatives in the government, you know, put in a plug for the RVA and, and connecting that last 23 kilometers of trail and how important it is to you. I love it. Christine McKenna, I really appreciate your time. This is a big one for me. I think it went reasonably well. I, and thank you. Was there anything maybe that were just as far as your brand or your, uh, what, you're, what you really are calling on the public for, or do you feel you've sort of... I think you you are really comprehensive, Patrick. So I thank okay. you for your very insightful questions. You've obviously done your homework as well, and <laughs> sure. I appreciate Thanks. that very much. And yeah, just thank you so much for the opportunity to um, maybe inform um, your listeners a little bit more about what we do and what's out here for them. And I hope they enjoy it and love it as much as we do. Absolutely. And after you actually, you know what, for the best results, listen to this in the River Valley. How about that? Yeah, that's that's great. You can hear, we even have the nature sounds in the background, the rain and the wind and the thunder. (laughs) Couldn't couldn't have asked for more. Couldn't have asked for better. Christine and McKenna, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Patrick. Thank you for listening to the North Bank Media Podcast. If you enjoy this conversation, please subscribe on YouTube and give us a like. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe as well and leave a five-star review.